All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another installment here at Blackstone Labs of Ask PJ Braun. What up? What up? What is going on? What What is up? What is up? What I don't I don't know. There's many things. Many things are up. There's a lot of things that are going on right now. Most of them I'm not going to talk about on the podcast. Well, we got to talk about something on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things going on, but we're not going to tell you about any of them. Yeah. Thanks for watching the show. Come back next week. <laughs> Pierre is here. Oh, we do. We do have a Pierre. We should probably get him on on, Hi, Pierre. on screen. There he is. Hey, Pierre, you want to come out here? There he is in the 4K. <laughs> um, victory favors the prepared. That's for sure. Victory also favors the Pierre. The Pierre. Oh. <laughs> he's a little bit of a Boca dog. He's he's very Boca doggy, but he gets he's carried around. He's cool though. He's fluffy. He's a cool Boca dog. Most other Boca dogs kind of suck. Yes, they do. And if I see a dog that looks like a Boca dog, I immediately turn the other way. Me too. I usually don't like them. No, they're just not like... I assume they just got out of synagogue and... I love all dogs, but Boca dogs are like, eh. Mm. They, can, they can take like 10% less love. They, they can. Because they get too much. I, I don't think I've ever given a Boca dog love before. They get too much anyways. Yeah. It's, you know... It's Pushed funny. around in strollers and shit. It's funny because you've seen my dog, but for everybody that doesn't know, I have a very large, about 100, 110 pound Argentinian Mastiff. Mm-hmm. And I was walking him yesterday in the morning, and around the corner comes this tiny little like teacup... Shih Tzu, like it, it's it, maybe a, a quarter the size of Pierre, maybe two pounds, and uh, he just runs up and tries to attack my dog, and my dog like backs up and looks at him and was like, "You really gonna try and, and attack me? We got about a hundred and eight pound difference here, buddy." And the dog just tried to beef up on my dog real quick, and the lady comes around the corner and sees because he's like on the extendable leash and sees that his her little dog is like trying to attack this massive dog. She yanks him back, and he does, like, three backflips and lands on his feet. And I was like, oh, this little acrobat you got here. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I was like, it's fine. I don't think he was any threat to us. I uh, I had um, a, a Reese off of her leash. And, like, she's okay to not be on a leash because she stays with me. I know people are going to be like, oh, you have to keep your dog on a leash. And so we're uh, I'm, I'm walking the dogs, right? And these two big-ass dogs came. They were, like, pit bulls. And Jack's just doing his thing, and Reese starts running towards them, barking. And I knew she wouldn't go that far away from me, but she she started creeping a little farther than she normally does. And I was like, Reese, stop it. And usually when I talk to her in that voice, she doesn't go more than like 10 feet away from me without a, without a leash, you know. And so she starts creeping up like around like 12, 13 feet away from me range. And the lady was walking her dogs, and she goes, not a good idea. Not a good idea. And I was like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Like, I was like, I know, all right? Your dogs will eat my dog. I get it. Relax. And she just kept on going. That's all she said. She just kept going. Not a good idea. And so I like I picked Reese up and I just carried her the other way. Yeah, like Prophet would never attack another dog. No, and and like I was like, give me a break, lady. You know, like another dog could come up and bite Prophet in the face, and he'd be like, oh, you're playing hard. Like <laughs> Jackie is good with all dogs too, and Reese is all just bark. She ain't gonna do anything. Prophet wouldn't even bark. He's like he just wants to play. He never gets anybody to play with because everybody's always afraid of him. So anytime he has a dog that'll actually play, he loves it. That's good. I feel like the lady went back home and told her husband, like, this fat juice head was outside with his little pussy dog. <laughs> fat juice head. I scared That's him probably away. exactly what she said. Yeah. All right. I had no so shirt on. So. We, don't, uh, we don't have a lot of questions here today, so we'll just bust these out. Quick one. Speed round. Speed round, y'all. We know you love the podcast, so that means you got to send us more questions, y'all. It's my fault for not hyping it up anymore. I'm send sorry. us more questions, y'all. We know there's a lot of loyal listeners, and... Yeah. Uh, I feel like you guys, you know, don't want to feel like you're bothering us. You're not bothering us. Send us some questions, y'all. We didn't even get normal uh, loyal listener questions this week. Actually. I know, I know. I no feel Mike like... Peskin questions. No low Moon Cookie, whatever his name is now. Questions. Uh, Moon Cookie. Yeah, Herodav's new name is like Moon Cookie or some. Oh, really? Huh. Um, 
matter of fact, he wants some footage of you guys. Yeah, I don't know what exactly the footage is. I guess he's spoken more in depth about it with you. Uh, mm. Mm. We'll have to check in on that. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so first question comes from Shout Betty. Shout out to Issa, by the way. Shout out to Issa. One of these days she's going to see this. One of them. Gorilla Dan told me he could make it happen. Well? He, like, DM'd me. I don't want to get him in trouble, actually. But he DM'd me about one of our girls. And I was like, huh, well... There can be arrangements with all of our girls in exchange for an arrangement with Issa. Mm. And he was like, that easy? He was like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was like, I'm quite fond of her. Trading them out there. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one comes from Benny. It says, hey, what's going on, Josh and PJ? First and foremost, I want to thank both of you. I seriously get so excited when a new episode comes out. I hope I get to meet both of you in person one day. Now for the question. I'm about to start my first hardcore stack, and I'm really excited. I bought, and I'm going to take two method quads a day and the normal dose of chosen one for 12 weeks. My goals are to put on as much lean muscle as possible. I currently sit around 200 and would like to see 220 if possible. My workout routine is on point, and I'm eating more than enough macros while still staying healthy. First question is, if I work out normally between 1 and 3 on a given day, when should I take the second methoquad? Question two, I was thinking about adding an abnormal. Do you think that would be overkill? And question three is, I was thinking about trying anesthetized. I was going to take this four days a week on my cycle. Is that too much to run for 12 weeks? Thank you so much, guys. Benny. All right. So question number one, just take the other methoquad like eight to 10 hours after the first one. Question number two, nope. Add the abnormal and you like it. And question number three, I think four times a week is pushing it a little bit, but you should be fine. You're just going to have to remember that you're going to get used to sleeping with the anesthetized. And just make sure you're cycling off of it on certain days. You know, you don't want to rely on it every day. And I wouldn't do four days straight. I would do on, off, on, off. Like or, that. or on, on, off, off. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, one Methoquad pre, one Methoquad post is good. Or you can yeah. just take them both pre. You can, do, you can do more than that. I, I mean, like taking them both pre. You can do them both pre. I do them all pre. When it, when it comes to orals, so like there's like a, you know, there's a debate always out like in keeping them even in your blood. So some people, if they're taking 50 milligrams of D-ball, for instance, they're like, oh, I'm going to take five, ten times. Or I'm going to take ten, five times. Then there's the people that are like, oh, I'm going to take all 50 milligrams at once. Yeah. And do it like an hour before you train. Now, if you do that, you're going to notice it a lot when you train. There's not really a right or wrong way. The theory about spreading it out is that you just have more even levels in your blood. But one way is not really, like, right over the other. Right. And me personally, like, I like feeling it. So, I, dude, I love taking Methoquad pre-workout. Like I, like I said before on the podcast, I like to take, like, four Methoquad pre-workout. That shit is nuts. I think mm. I'm going to do that today. I haven't done that in It's a while. definitely good to, to, to get it, the one in pre-workout, of course. I haven't done it in a while, so I'm, I'm excited now. I just remembered that I have a bottle in my desk. So, yeah. Next one is, good morning, Lord. I always enjoy listening to your podcast. I appreciate the fitness knowledge you share with the world. My wife and I also love Trojan Horse. This question is about sponsorships or moreover policies, I guess. I'm sure every company has their own way of standards and offering sponsorships. It seems like Blackstone Labs is more open-minded as companies like BPI just market with big names like Jose Raymond and Courtney King, while BSL seems to look ahead to the future and get rising stars with potential. I was wondering... I was, however, wondering what your standards were on how strict BSL is with, with enforcing the rule following. I'm sure, like most companies, athletes have a minimum quota. Obviously, in order to get paid or receive free stuff, they need to be bringing in revenue. But I see no, I see so many athletes on your roster that claim to be sponsored but never post about Blackstone Labs or just take endless mm. selfies of them flexing and never talk about your products. Mm. I have heard in your previous podcast that the Legion program is the way for hard workers to prove themselves into a sponsorship. But then I see randomly sponsored athletes that seem to have never used the products before or gone through the Legion – 
and still don't put in the work after getting sponsored. I follow people like Kiki Vice, Cody Montgomery, Dane Sellers, Dragon Izumi, Nika Lazatina, Yafet Cassandra, Trevor Larson, Tristan James, Darren Glenn, etc., who seem to be what I said earlier as rising stars with potential, but that would that would help the company grow bigger. Then I see the others who are free-feeding and doing 1% of the work they do. I mean, if I wanted to see some 20-year-old guy in dreads only doing classic physique selfies or a girl just showing cleavage with no context, I could just look at fitness magazines. So back to my question. Is there a policy for your athletes and how strict BSL and how strict does BSL enforce them? Thank you. Please keep motivating. Your Beat PJ transformation was awesome, Glenn. So, uh, Glenn, just to let you know, um, I've been looking at things a lot closer lately. It's hard for me to watch everything as close as I used to with all the moving parts that go into Blackstone Labs now. We have a full-time athletes rep, Gizmo that's handling all this stuff and he has audited all of the athletes and the codes and I know who is more valuable than others which is all very interesting stuff and I'll tell you this the most valuable part of Blackstone Labs by far when it comes to the marketing on social media is the Legion more than any big name athlete because you can get rid of all those big name athletes and it doesn't matter because you have me at the end of the day Blackstone Labs as cocky as this may sound it's PG Braun Labs so as long as you have me you're good to go now a lot of people think how you think, like, why should you listen to some fancy, you know, I'm not going to use the example of the 20-year-old guy with dreads, but why should you listen to some fancy physique that looks like he's just getting paid to take the products? Um, you shouldn't, actually. The, the theory behind that is not that we're going to sponsor these guys because we want people to believe that they take the products. It's more so that if this guy has a big enough, powerful following and he's people organically listen to them, hopefully he'll be able to influence the people. That is something that remains to be seen. So the days of getting like somebody like Ronnie Coleman and tricking people into thinking that Ronnie Coleman's taking all this shit, those days are gone. The consumer is way more intelligent now. Now what the consumer does like to see is like-minded people or or people that are similar in build or similar in, in goals or similar in where they're at. But I'm, by the way, I'm fucking on, I'm on point today right now. This is a good answer. I'm stopping myself for a second. I'm not even saying this because Josh is in the room. I was going to say, no, good answer. I, I think this is good, yeah. So people nowadays, they're, they're looking at their peers and they're listening to their peers. So if you go to the gym with a group of people and there's five guys, they're like, hey, man, dust is the shit. You're going to listen to those guys, and you're going to try out Dust to see how it goes. Now, if you go into the gym and some giant-ass guy is like Dust of the shit, yeah, you may listen to him the same way. But that's in the gym. That's like sort of your organic stuff that you have right there. If you go online and that same giant guy who you've never met before is like Dust of the shit, you're like, no, nah, he's getting paid to say that. Whereas if you see a bunch of your buddies online, you might be like, wow, these guys aren't being paid to say anything. These guys just actually do like that. And that's the Legion. That's what the Legion's all about because they're not being paid to influence anybody. They just love the brand. They're just behind the brand because they love it. Now – they do want to be full-time sponsored athletes, and we have pulled people from the Legion, like Dragon, to be full-time sponsored athletes. And I will tell you this, the Dragon is, you know, dollar for dollar, arguably the most valuable fucking athlete that I have. And the kid posts like crazy. He loves the brand. He believes in the brand. He looks the part. He, he goes out of his way to educate other people. He shows up at events. He is what you want in a, in a company rep. Now, I can't get too into detail on how I sponsor people and why, but I'll tell you this, there's probably going to be a mass exodus one of these days at Blackstone Labs where a lot of the people that are falling into the category that you see of the of, others of the others that are going to be gone. And a lot of people are here simply because they were my friends for a long time. 
or maybe I coached them at one point, but it's not my job as the boss of this company to, to be paying people just to because they're my friends. And it's tough. It's going to be a, a, a tough day when that happens, but it's something that does need to be happening. We've been looking at this closely for a while, and we'll be putting a lot more time and energy into our Legion, pro, our Legion program. Now, the people that you listed as upcoming stars, I believe they are upcoming stars as well, and I like having people in there from the start. So you'll see me bringing in more people that are younger that I believe can grow with the brand from the start. Um, and I will leave you with this. The young guy with the dreads really, really, really went out of his way over and over and over and over again to get my attention about how much he loved Blackstone Labs. And I have to believe that he actually really, really, really did want to be a part of Blackstone Labs because I know his contract and I know the way I wrote it. And I wrote it to protect myself and to prove a point. And he went for it. And because of that, I do believe that it's a lot more than him just taking selfies of himself. Won't mention his name. I know the person that's asking this question already knows who he's referring to, and you'll know what my answer was. So that's it for that question. I feel like the best short answer is there's a lot of value into an ambassador program like the Legion. We're putting a lot more into our Legion. But I do think that there is still a spot for big-name athletes. It's just a matter of how to use them the right way. And I think that's actually a good segue into the last question because I've been – Homing it over okay. as you've been giving that answer. It says, What's up, guys? It's Brandon Rash, B Rash, B Rash, 9589 on the ground. Boys with the bicycle man. Who says, I have been a part of the Legion since the beginning. I have made many friends and influenced quite a few people in my community. Being backed by Blackstone Labs has really helped me help others. I have collaborated with a bunch of Legion members on all sorts of topics from workouts to supplements. First of all, I want to personally thank both you and Brett Lilberg for making all of this to be so awesome for me and continuing to improve the, com- the company and the whole Legion. My question is, is the Legion what you expected? When you started it, is this what you had hoped or thought would happen? And what is next for the Legion? Thanks again for both of you for all your hard work in making this such an awesome group. Good question, B-Rash. Very loyal. Shout out to you. So the Legion is something that we wanted to be our spin on an ambassador program, and we wanted it to be huge. And when I say huge, I wanted there to be thousands of people in it. I wanted people all over the industry, no matter where they are or were going, to know that Blaston Labs has this crazy, crazy group of loyal ambassadors called the Legion. And the company that has probably the biggest ambassador program that I've seen is First Form. And I think theirs is actually called the Legion of Boom or something stupid like that. Um, Which, to let everybody know, we did not know. No, that's what it was called before we began the Legion here at Blackstone Labs. Trevor Trevor did, did, but he knows everything. He just keeps it to himself. But he was was not in the room that day. If you're going to keep it to yourself, you might as well not be here. Was he, here? <laughs> he wasn't here that day. That's the thing. He literally was. He, he might as well not have been here because he wasn't here. And that is why it happened the way it did. And no, we did not bite anybody. It just happened to be a collaborative effort. We landed on the Legion. We had multiple other things. We certainly didn't bite off the Legion of Doom. Yeah. Or Boom or whatever. No, they bit off the Legion of Doom. Seahawks, the Legion of Boom also. Yes. Is it? Yeah. Oh, well, see, at least we're not biting that hard. No, we didn't bite on shit. Exactly. The Legion, the Legion of Poon. <laughs> I definitely need to be an ambassador for the Legion of Poon. That's going to be the new the new adult series that we release. It's going to be called the Legion of Poon. Hell and we're yeah. auditioning through the Blacks and Labs Legion. Now I'm actually. extra I feel like excited. I can get trouble for that. I'm extra excited now. <laughs> <Cut it off. laughs> no, I don't cut Speaking that. Speaking of adult stuff, leave that uh, in there. David and I 
uh, are going to be traveling around this year for Entice, my my sex product. We're going to be going to the Exotica convention. Did you know about that? I, I'm actually giving you this space because I'm fucking going. Oh, okay. <laughs> there ain't no I way I'm so. not going. Yeah, I'm definitely oh, going, going, and so is Tara. So my my uh, I don't know if I told you this. I may have, but sometimes I forget my fantastic ideas. So my plan for these is I want to take the potions and I want to relabel them something like sex pops or sex shots and I want to hand them out as like hey just have everybody banging in the back that's that's no good (laughs) it's not a bad idea it's like as far as grassroots marketing goes I'm going to make an investment into something if I can get a good price that's on them just do it the last day that way like anybody anything weird happens to anybody it doesn't matter we'll be on by then (laughs) Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Leave all the laughing in. But, oh, shit. That it's was like a brilliant plan. Okay. Um, so back to this question now. <laughs> I've thought it through. So um, is the Legion what you expected when you started it? So the Legion has gone through its ups and downs. We went through this, pe- this period where, I mean, look, I'm just going to be completely honest. For some reason, our ads were going into, like, mental hospitals and, like, loony bins, and we were getting some frightening people. And part of that is also because, I know people are going to get mad at this, it's also because of the support that I showed to the Viber Centers, who had a little bit of an interesting group of people come over this way. And now some of them were fantastic. Others were completely certifiably insane. Um, But we've taken the time to go through these people, or Josh, I should say, has taken the time to go through the, these people. Uh, Bacon, who is like the, 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 <laughs> the Legion's biggest closet hater, has made sure to point out the people that shouldn't be in the Legion to me. And I usually screen cap his stuff and I shoot it over to David. And so we've gotten rid of um, people that don't belong there for the most part. So we went up real high and then brought back a lot of people. Now, I feel like the Legion is, is back primed for more growth again. And how many people are in the Legion right now? So um, just to give everybody a general idea, the Legion <clears throat> grew really fast. And yeah. then we had an even bigger Scary boom fast. after the 5% shout out. And like he said, like there was definitely a lot of people that came over from the 5% or community that like, honestly, I, I DM regularly. Um, they're really cool. I like a lot of those guys. And then there are, like he said, just some of them <laughs> were really crazy. Yeah. I was fearing for my life on some of them. And like, I, I, some of the DMs that I got and some of the the applications that we got were so far out there that it started to make me wonder, like like he said, like where are we getting some of these people from? And that's not not all of those people came from the five percent community, but um, so the, we got the Legion up to over a thousand members, and then the more people that were brought to my attention that you know probably weren't representing the brand in the right way, even though they had a good application or like seemed like they would in the beginning, were either doing things are saying things or or just showed to be a bad representation in the legion and we recently had a pretty big purge uh, a little over a month ago maybe like six weeks seven weeks ago and uh so like i said we were up over a thousand and we brought it back down to i think now we're around like six to seven hundred and um to be honest the six to seven hundred that are in there i want to say like there's a hundred people that are like superstars yep. that are like really good that, that I talk to regularly. And then everybody else is kind of like 
not mediocre, but could definitely be up in that superstar range. And I think that they just need a little bit more of a push. And yeah. that's kind of, you know, to answer what is the next thing for the Legion is we're going to start installing, uh, like, more contests, more Legion-specific um different ideas and in clothing and things like that. There's going to be a tiered system probably. I don't want to give out too much information before we've got everything set in stone, but we're probably going to start a new tier system to uh, reward the people that are doing more and incentivize the people that are falling behind to jump back up there with their their, uh, comrades and other Legion members that are doing a little bit extra and things like that. So we've got some people that just hit their requirements to hit their requirements, and, you know, that's fine. That's all we ask of you, hence why they're the requirements. Mm -hmm. And then there's other people that see that as, like, like playtime, and they go way above and beyond, and they, they crush those requirements, and it shows in their code usage. And, um, you know, it's not even just always about posting. You know, they're out there living that Blackstone lifestyle and, um, you know, spreading the word. And when they're enthusiastic about it and they share their experiences and share their codes with people, their codes end up getting shared by those people who don't have a code themselves. And that's kind of how the Legion works and flourishes. And we're watching you guys. It, it, sometimes you guys will be like, oh, how am I getting noticed? Or what do I got to do to get noticed? Or some people are like, oh, I didn't get a respond back or this and that. We're watching, guys. There's a lot more of you than you realize. So you got to take that into consideration. But we are reaching out to the ones individually. You guys know who you are, who have been standouts. And then, of course, we do the once a month. I, I do the customer of the month, which is also like somebody that's going to be from the Legion usually. And we, we, we absolutely are watching you guys close. So Usually. You don't have to be in the Legion to get customer of the month. No. But yeah. when, when you're posting as much as some of our Legion members do, it's kind of hard not to take notice who is really killing it, who's really supporting, and who's really loyal. Like, that's, that's another thing I was going to say about Dragon is, man, that guy is so loyal. He's so loyal. The other day I put up a post about Nikes. He was like, nah, fam. He left me a comment. He was like, I only wear Adidas. I was like, damn. So loyal. He's out there making sure you know on them Nike posts. He's Team Adidas. Well, loyalty is everything to me, and, 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 and my people know that, which is why I'm actually bringing Dragon to the Olympia. And he, uh, he almost cried when I told him that the kid has paid his own money to be at two shows for us, to work the booth for us, just out of, out of respect and love for the brand. So I told him, I said, I'm going to actually pay to bring you and your girl to the Olympia. You guys are, are going to work, of course, but you're going to be there for free, and you're going to have a badass weekend with us. And he was super, super happy. And I'm not saying you got to pay to go to shows to get my attention like that. But if you are doing stuff like that, then it's absolutely not going to go like without being noticed by me. Did you do that when you were coming up? Absolutely. So when I was coming up, Trevor, Trevor just asked me, I actually, there was a year, this is a true story that Dave wouldn't give me shit other than like my supplements that I was getting. This is good exposure for you to be around me. Um, I was paying my own money to go to all the big shows. I paid my own money to go to every single national level show that year. And I usually crashed on somebody's floor. Singerman was working for MD at the time. So I usually crash on his floor. Dave would never let me stay in his room. No, you can't stay in here. And a clutch. Where's my brush? <laughs> and uh, get PJ out of here. He would always say. And I would dick around in his room and I would eat. There was this funniest time. This is a side story. Do you know the story about the quesadilla? All right, so so Dave would always get a quesadilla. Like, hey, what do you guys want for food? I'm taking orders, whatever. It would be down, come down to Dave, and he'd be like, nah, salmon and brown rice. Let's see if they have a quesadilla. And so he always got a quesadilla, which quesadilla is good. You can't go wrong with a quesadilla. No. So it was one show. It was like, I want to say it was like nationals. It may have been like junior nationals. It was one of the top shows. And I was just, I was fucking starving, right? I was so fucking hungry. And they were taking orders for everybody in the room. And um, I had no money for anything at the time, and um, <laughs> Dave got a quesadilla. So the food came in, and 
Everybody was competing that weekend. Evan was competing. Guy Sister Nino. All these people were competing. I wasn't competing. Right? And the food came in. And the guy was like, is this yours? To me. And he, and he presented me with Dave Palumbo's quesadilla. And Colette, his old girlfriend, was like, oh, that's Dave's. And she was like, Dave, your food's here. And he was like, I'm busy. He was in the other room. He didn't want to come out. So the quesadilla was just sitting in front of me, right? And I'm just looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. And Colette's like, oh, that quesadilla looks good. And I was like, it does look good. And she was like, she was like, are you hungry, baby? She used to call everybody baby. She's like, are you hungry, baby? Have some. I'm like, I can't eat Dave's fucking quesadilla. And she's like, let's have some. And I was like, oh, so I took a bite of it. And it was really good. And I don't know what came over me. <laughs> I don't know where it was going. <laughs> what came over me? But I just crushed his whole entire quesadilla. Right? That's exactly what I would have done. I couldn't. I don't know you what can't happened. Have just to me. one bite of something no, like that. I honestly don't know what happened because I would normally never do that. Like I'm not somebody that eats other people's food, especially like in a situation like that. That's just not who I am. And my, and my people in my circle know. They're probably surprised. Like, wow, I'm surprised PG did that. So anyway, time went by, and I left. Right. And so what happened was Dave came out of the room and he was like, "Where's my food?" And nobody said shit. Like, nobody wanted to fucking say shit. So he was looking around. He was opening up all the little metal trays that go over the food. And he, he, he was like, where's my quesadilla? Who didn't order? He was a Colette. You didn't order my fucking quesadilla. And Colette was so sweet that she didn't want to, like, give away that, like, she gave his quesadilla to me. So she wasn't saying anything. And she's like, I'm sorry, Dave. They made a mistake. We'll order you another one. So I guess they, like, ordered him another one, right? So I came back to the room. And I'm in the room. And um, Dave was, like, complaining from the other room, like, mad. And he was like, fucking Colette didn't even get my quesadilla. And I looked at her and, I, and she was like, just like kind of like shaking her head, like don't worry about it type of thing. And I felt so bad that like he was really angry with her. And he would get mad. Like he would get very mean. And, and I just, I, I, I was like, I couldn't let her go down like that, you know? <laughs> and so I go like this. Like and there's all crash. these people in there. Like Mike Libertori was in there. There's all these people were competing, right? And there's a lot of people that know this story. Jason Ha knows the story. Everybody knows the story. So finally I go, hey, Dave. And he's like, what? I go, I'm really sorry, but I ate your quesadilla. And he goes, why would you do that? And I go, no reason, honestly. It just. I was hungry. I, it was there. Hunger and I was, is I was the hungry, reason. And I couldn't, I couldn't stop eating it. Right? And so he, like, didn't say anything. He was dead quiet. And he goes, after, like, a few minutes of silence, he goes, but why would you do that? <laughs> And I was like, I, I, I'm really, really sorry. And then he didn't say shit. It was quiet. And everyone was all fucking scared. So I just left. I was like, you know what? This is so awkward. I'm fucking out of here. So I found out from all these people that Dave was mad as fuck. And he was like, don't let PJ back in here. He ate my fucking quesadilla. And then other people that were competing, there was a guy. Fuck, what's his name, man? Um, Keith Williams. Remember Keith, the big Keith Williams? So the next morning, I saw Keith Williams. He starts busting out laughing. Right? And we don't, and me and him don't even know each other. And he's like, man, Keith Williams is a big, big, big ass black dude, right? He goes, yo, come here, man. He goes, you ain't dance about a fucking quesadilla? And he starts hysterically <laughs> laughing. I go, you know about that? He goes, everybody knows about that. He's like, I cannot believe that you ate Dave's quesadilla. And he was giggling and laughing. I was like, I don't know why I did it either. And so I fucking felt so bad, right? So I left. I was in like Charles. I don't know where. I think it was in Charleston or some shit. And I just asked some lady on the street. I go, where can I get a really good quesadilla around here? <laughs> and so she told me where. So I went to this restaurant and I bought a quesadilla. And I went back up to Dave's room. I knocked on the door. And uh, he answered the door and he was angry when he answered the door. Right? And I was like, hey. And he was like, what? And I was like, I, I brought this for you. And I, I, I presented him the quesadilla. And he opened up the top of it and he looked at it. And he stared at it for a minute. And he got just a little bit of a smile. On his face, like just this little bit of a smile, and he goes, "Thanks." And he like took it and like stormed back into his room. And I, I was watching him in his room, and he like ate a little bit of it. And I could see that he approved and liked it. And then he just kept on eating it. 
And uh, they were like, did you bring him a new quesadilla? I was like, it's a peace offering. <laughs> and uh, so late, later, later on, so th- this went on for the whole weekend. So, so later on, I was like, I thought we were all like on good terms and shit. And they were like, dude, it's a good thing you brought that because Dave was really, really fucking mad. And so we go out to dinner that night. Sigerman used to always tell people this story. And there was like 10 of us eating dinner. And so the check came and Dave goes, he made it a point to say, I, I'm covering everyone at the table except for PJ. And he put me on the spot, like in front of everybody. And I was like, I don't want you to cover me. <laughs> and then everyone was like, all oh, weird. Like, why is he only not paying for PJs? He ate my fucking quesadilla. And it was, I ate his fucking quesadilla. So, and it, like, I, I'm sorry if, to this day that I ate his fucking quesadilla. I don't know what came over. I was starving. I hadn't eaten it like 24 hours. But back then, like meals were hard to come by. But the amount of people that weekend, because that was when Dave was like in his prime and there was a lot of people that were like intimidated by him or like scared of him because he knew he had powers, muscular development. And people want he was coaching all the top guys and this and that. And like MD was doing something cool with all the contest coverage where people kissed his ass real bad. So the fact that I just went into his room and ate his quesadilla was like a big deal. They were like, who's this fucking asshole kid? Because I didn't really have much of a name for myself yet. So I had to go down that weekend as like the dick that ate Dave's quesadilla. But it, I, I love that like that many people like brought it up to me like as time went by. I actually know exactly the hatred that he had for you <laughs> because I like I'm I've said on here before like I only dieted once and after that show like the second I walked off stage I was like I'm eating everything mm-hmm. and nothing is gonna stand in my way I'm just gonna devour every piece of food that comes in my my direction. And so I remember it was like maybe five or six days after my show. I was still like, like there was a solid like two months after my show where I was like obsessed with eating whatever I could, <laughs> as much cool. of it as I could. And I was just like completely wrecking myself. And I remember I went to Burger Stop and okay. I got this massive, I think they call it the Copper Point Burger. And it has like, it's like beer battered uh onions and like it's just it's such Drunk a good onions. burger it's so good it's such a good such a good burger and it's like $28 or something like that for this cheeseburger and you never know about burgers like that and i remember i like we went there and i got like a big milkshake and i got fries and i think we got like some appetizer and then the burger came out and i had like two or three bites of it and it was a huge burger and i got it to go and i brought it back to her house and I left it in the fridge. And the next morning we woke up like after drinking and just like got in the car to head back to my house. And we're like 10 miles down 95. And I look over to her and I'm like, fuck, I forgot my cheeseburger in your fridge. And I was so looking forward to eating that like as soon as we got to my house. And she's like, oh, man. So I guess she ends up texting her mom because we get to my house a couple hours later. She's like, so don't be mad. <laughs> she's like, but I don't think your cheeseburger was going to be there anyways. And I was like, what do you mean? You don't think it would have been there anyways. She was like, my mom said she ate it. And I looked at her and I was like, your mom went into the fridge and (laughs) saw a $30 giant cheeseburger with two bites taken out of it. It was like, you know what? This is me. (laughs) This is all me right here. It's in the fridge. It's it's me. Like, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, it's not like Tara lived at her mom's house. Like, her mom lived at Tara's apartment. So it was like, not like it was her fridge and we were intruding. And she just, she ate my burger. And I told Tara, I was like, look. It's so funny. I was like, I don't want a dollar from your mom. I want her to drive to Burger Stop and buy me a new cheeseburger. <laughs> I was like, because if there's not a cheeseburger yeah. waiting at your house when we go there tonight, I'm going to flip my lid. That's the only like solution for something like that. I was like, I'm going to flip my lid. I was like, I don't want $30. I don't even want $50. I want that cheeseburger. 
in your fridge when I get there. There's no no. She was like, okay. She's like, I'm gonna tell my mom to make sure that she goes and gets a cheeseburger. And sure enough, when we got back there, there was a cheeseburger. I was like, all right. You know, tell her she could take the two bites out of it that she missed out of the one that she ate from me. But after that, I need the cheeseburger. Like <laughs> it's uh, two bites. It's, uh, it's different. You don't want like money or anything. You don't no, want that shit. No, and it's no. like it's like a gourmet burger. Yeah. Like Burger Stops burgers are, are hands down. Some you of the you best don't even around. want double the money. You no. just wanted what you wanted. No, you you couldn't give me like. Food, I get it. food is, is irreplaceable. Once, you, once you've already had that bite, that's what I'm saying. Like, for you to have that one bite of that quesadilla, there's, there's no turning back. Mm-mm. There's no, I'm going to have one bite of this with the delicious sour cream. No, you're going to devour it, especially if you're hungry. Maybe, <laughs> maybe if you're completely full, you've already eaten your meal, and somebody's like, do you want a bite? Yeah, yeah, just one bite would be okay. But if you're hungry and you're having that first bite of somebody's delicious food, there's no way it's going to survive. No. It's done. It's I honestly done. like though honestly though like I the kind of person I am like I would never eat somebody else's food yeah like I can't that was so out of character for me I, like even here like people will come and offer me food like two or three times before I actually take it you know what I'm saying I'm like mm-hmm. are you sure you know make sure nobody else is like not been offered it if there's like a bunch of something that I'm getting like seconds of or something that's why like some people come here when we do those those barbecue mm-hmm. Fridays and they they come and they eat more than the people that work here and I'm yeah. like I'm like who. Who told you to come up here and get your third cheeseburger <laughs> before the dudes in the call center even knew there was food on the grill? Like, you know what I'm saying? So you got to make sure everybody's had some. Make sure you're not stepping on any toes. Because if there's there's three things that you don't mess with somebody else's, it's their food, their money, and their significant other. Playing up. Yeah. You know? Food, money, and their what one order, though? Ah, that depends on the person for sure. Food's probably up that high. You know, probably money or food first, and then whichever one second, and then the last one is, you know, man or woman. Um, I think we did enough to answer that question with that story. I'm going to make sure that when I post about this that I put the, the, the quesadilla story in here. Um, I want to shout out. There's somebody I want to shout out. She's not oh. going to listen to this. But I'm Are we going to start out. doing podcast shout outs? We should. Oh, I was actually wondering if, if, like, there was some way we could do, like, a live video not necessarily on the podcast, but like for the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like collect questions that way. Maybe people that aren't going to go through the process of emailing. Maybe like on Wednesdays, we could do a live video, get some of the questions, screenshot them, and then read through them on here. Since like we only that. got three this time, you know? I mean, we did good this time because we told stories and, and whatnot. Um, this might be on IGTV. Maybe oh, maybe we'll start doing IGTVs. Good idea. That's a good idea there. All right. So I'm right now, I'm getting, I'm, I'm mesmerized, I'm enthralled. By, so, her name is, her, her Instagram name, ladies and gentlemen, is Kimmy Bikini Fitness, right? Her name is Kim Gutierrez. She is the first Chilean IFBB uh, bikini pro, and I actually met her in Colombia. In Colombia, She's a top five uh, Olympia competitor. Typically, like, if you just go, like, physical appearance, she's typically not my taste, because she's very thin, and she's blonde, and everybody knows I like thick, and I like dark hair, but... She's so fucking sexy. Like, she owns it. Like, when she comes out on stage, so, like, this is her just doing a photo shoot, but she walks on stage like this, right, when she comes out. So, like, typically, like, not my – I don't like contest-ready girls, right? But that girl, like, there's something about her, like, energy and her aura that it just screams, like, sex appeal. Like, everything about her just screams fucking sex appeal. And she wound up being the nicest fucking girl ever. So I'm very, very confident she has a boyfriend, and this is not, like – you know, being inappropriate or anything like that. But, like, you know, we, we exchanged uh, numbers down and wherever we were at. And so every now and then I talked to her on WhatsApp. And that's how, like, everybody international talks on WhatsApp. They don't talk, like, normal, right? Right. So she is so fucking nice that – and, again, like I said, there's nothing, like, 
sexual or anything like that. She's just a nice person that uh, she WhatsApped me yesterday and she was like, I just want to tell you that I've been following along your pro- – and she has this great Spanish accent too. She's like, I've been following along your progress and you're doing so good and I really hope to see you back on stage. I was like, damn, people are trying to get me back on stage now. And she's competing in the Olympia, so like she'll be on stage, not me. Um, but she's, she's so nice and she's very, very like thoughtful. Just want to shout her out. Um, that any, anybody that can maybe get PJ back on stage is definitely a friend of mine. Yeah, that's for sure. You know? I got to get the shoulders fixed if I'm going to get back on stage. Dude, and I'm sure people saw earlier, I was taking pictures of you. you. Your shoulders got crazy veins in them from whatever crazy stuff you did during your workout today. Yeah, we'll talk more about that as time goes on. Yeah. Um, I'm going to probably talk about what I was doing. I actually don't think I've ever seen your arms and shoulders look like this ever. Thank you. Well, tomorrow's going to be really interesting. Fabian took some good pictures of me, actually, when I first started before I went to the gym. And obviously, it looked better now, but... Um, yeah, I'm doing a little experiment on myself, guys. I'll talk more about it. Um, once this podcast goes out, there won't be any information up from me yet, but I am, I am conducting an experiment. I didn't know you posted this picture of Dangel just now. Yeah, uh, I wasn't sure which picture of him I wanted. To oh, dude, I got some sick pictures of him. Really good ones. Um, where's the one that's Fabian? So Fabian, this is like a, it's not that it's even that good of a picture, but I, the angle is good. So he I took this, this is before I went to the gym. So that's what I looked like before I went to the gym. Gotcha. So I'm in good enough shape now where I can do stuff and people are going to notice it. Yeah. No, I mean, like... It's a good picture of him. Yeah. But, which one did I post? Uh, uh, oh, I did the side tricep. I wasn't sure which picture of him I wanted to post. Like this one, too. Like, his, his abs look good there. His mm-hmm. chest looks good. Dane, if you guys aren't following along on Dane, the freak sellers, this kid is, is He's phenomenal. Phenomenal. He, I, I saw him like three days ago, and you know, obviously, he looks great. Whatever. Saw him yesterday. Looks fifteen percent leaner, better, fuller, more strided. I, I'm absolutely can't wait to see what he looks like when he steps on stage. Yeah, it's just I. I'm telling you guys, like, I just know what I'm doing when it comes to contest prepping, and I would say that he is not better. Than I was at my best yet, but he has potential to be so much better than that. And I am what I'm trying to do is get him. If I get him to the level of condition that I used to have when I was getting into my shows, because his structure and everything else is so much better, he will be a, a very, very dominant bodybuilder. It's just a matter of getting him there. And we're pretty close now. We're we're a couple weeks out. I got to dry his hams and glutes out the right way, but. Um, I was able to get a very, very grainy, nasty level of condition, and I didn't have deep separation like these guys have. I didn't have the prettiest structure. I just had to be big and hard and nasty. And uh, had I had these these other tools these guys have, I would have been. I'd probably still be competing now, actually. Uh, but that's not you know genetically what was in, in in store for me. So I like to think if I take somebody that's got the right tools with with the knowledge that I bring to the table, I, I can do a lot. And um, I do believe. That I am the best at this shit, and I'm 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 u- using him as as my I don't want to say my guinea my guinea pig because I know what to do him because I did it to myself I was the guinea pig, but I'm I'm using him basically to prove my point this year. So like I get a pretty good exposure to competing and you know top tier athletes things like that, and you know even people here at the office you, you know obviously like Billy's in great shape, Sammy's in great shape, you know Jared's in great shape, all these guys compete regularly, and. Uh, 
ever since I did that show and went through that 12 weeks of dieting, I was like, Psh, I don't care what anybody looks like. None of it is worth going through it. None of you, no, nothing. I'm not jealous. I'm not, nothing. Until I saw Dane yesterday. And after seeing Dane yesterday, I was like, all right, the only way I'd ever do it again is if I could get a coach. Uh, PJ, you know, in particular, but somebody as knowledgeable or on that level because I've never seen anybody transform the way Dane has been transformed. Well, maybe the Colonel will compete, guys. Maybe. I could, very unlikely. I, I could not have a coach because – so I started with John O'Regan, who was very good. And then I went to Dave Palumbo, who is extremely, extremely intelligent but not a good coach. <laughs> and all I did was get mad at Dave all the time, and it was because of how bad of a coach Dave was that I became a coach. And <laughs> – I do know that. I actually I, didn't know that. Yeah, it's, I swear to God, it's true. Uh, there was one day I was so fucking mad. I waited all weekend for an email from him, and all he wrote back was, um, up your cardio 20 minutes. So I was like, that's fucking it? Like, I had like 10 questions for him, and I was so mad. I like smashed the computer. The girl that I was dating was like, it seems like every weekend you wait for his emails, and when you get them, you just get so mad. But like, you train people and you're in school for nutrition and I like I don't understand why do you have to have somebody teach you? And I was like, Why do I have to have someone teach you? And she's like, like, I can do the voice in my head, I'll just do yeah. it myself. And she was like, I mean, like, can't you do what he's doing? And when she said that, that was the day I sat back in that chair and it was like the light bulb went off over my head. I was like, I can do what he's doing and I can do it fucking better. And that was like the beginning of me starting my coaching business online. And um I will tell you that it is not rocket science. Yes, it is a fucking fine science, yes. But it's not rocket science the way that people think it is where, like, they're like, dude, my coach is so smart. They're like six almonds. Yeah, my coach is so smart that he figured out that I need to have five almonds, one whole egg. A teaspoon of olive oil. And seven potato chips to look the way I need to. And, like, I just tell them, I'm like, Pfft. He also wants me to buy a Snickers and break the corner off and just eat that. <laughs> he said, don't weigh it out or measure it out or just break the corner off. And I don't know what that means, but I'm going to do it. Guy, Guy Sister Nino, this is a funny one. So, so one of our coaches told Guy Sister Nino that he had to take his rice cake and crumble it up over his broccoli when he would eat the broccoli. And so, like, finally one day he was like, what, you know, what is the significance of crumbling the rice cake up over the broccoli? And his coach told him, he was like, I mean – Broccoli's boring, and you're eating the rice cake anyway, so I figured, you know, give a little crunch to it and mix them up. And he was like, that's it? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Pfft. I go, that is fucking hilarious. All this time, I was like looking at you crumbling up your fucking rice cakes over the broccoli, like, wonder what kind of special transport that, that is, and it's just because you're eating them anyway, and he wanted to fucking spice things up for you. And that that's like like all these guys that are telling these people to do all these like silly little things like they don't know what the fuck they're doing and and all it really truly <laughs> takes is paying very close attention to the person. I thought you were going to say like no, I just put that in there because I wanted to see how many dumb motherfuckers would do it. No, I mean, <laughs> dude, he told him the same coach was like, so we're going to go pig out, and and we never got a true like reasoning behind this. Is it the state guy too? Like, yes. <laughs> yep. So we were going to go pig out at White Castle, and he was like, if you go to White Castle. And you're going to eat 10 burgers. He's like, do three cheese, do three chicken, do three plain, and do three whatever. And he was like, don't just do like 10 straight burgers. Just get the variety to it. And I never to this day asked, like, what the fuck was the significance of that? And I honestly don't think there was any significance to it. I don't think it, it matters at all. 
And that's where the whole argument on IFYM comes in. And this is where I swing back to being pro if it's your macros. Because if that is the fucking case, then it really doesn't matter if you carb up with a fucking Snicker bar versus cream of rice. Because yeah. in the end, it all works out to be the same. Now, I can go on to another side and explain for a carb up process why all that stuff is really, really important. But that's a whole separate podcast. And you got to pay the big bucks for that stuff. So, But, I mean, overall, IFYM, if you're not trying to compete... Stop eating so damn much. Do a little more. <laughs> yeah, more it cardio. will fit your macro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we've uh, gone through, shared a couple stories with you guys. There weren't too many questions, so maybe next week we'll try out the Wednesday live video and screenshot some questions. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just completely forget about this, and you guys won't even know. But until then, we're gonna leave you with the same way we always do. And that's a peace out. Bye.